helping you live well, stay well, while keeping pace with today's rapidly changing healthcare environment. That's Summit Medical Group. And now it's time for SMG Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Men and women may experience some of the same symptoms of depression and anxiety. However, for men, the treatment may be slightly different. And my guest today is Dr. Michael Lickier. He's a licensed psychologist with Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lickier. So tell us a little bit about how men and women differ in their symptoms of depression and anxiety. Well, that's a great question. You know, men and women actually suffer from anxiety and depression at similar rates. Uh, however, the expression of uh, depression in particular from men can be different. Men's uh, symptoms of depression are not always the classic sadness, but there can be a, a retreat from the feelings, a stifling of the feelings, or it can also be expressed as anger and irritability is is one of the, the key uh, differences between the expression of depression amongst uh, men and women. So then if, if those kinds of symptoms are different, then how they act on them must be different as well. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, men tend to seek therapy less than women do. And this could be a, a real problem, especially with depression, because the suicide, successful suicide completion of men is much higher than it is of women. So men do have this tendency to internalize their problems, not seek help. And even worse, they have a tendency to self-medicate using uh, alcohol or other drugs, which can increase their poor judgment and, uh, and risky behavior. So what's a loved one to do? If they notice some of these symptoms, anger or increased use of alcohol or drugs in their men, how do they first step get them into therapy to see you in the first place? Well, you want to acknowledge what you see in a in a loving, non confrontational way. You know, a lot of a lot of men really just have a difficulty um, talking about their feelings, being in touch with their feelings, and this is something we struggle with uh, from a uh, from an early age. You know, boys, the way boys and girls are are socialized, you know, girls are really encouraged to express all their feelings. And we all know when, when our boys cry, we, we don't know what to do. We, we want them to stop crying. And we really stifle the, emotion, the range of emotional expression uh, in our boys, and this continues through manhood. You know, I often give the analogy that when it comes to emotions, girls are given the, the, crayon, the big crayon box with 64 colors. There's blue-green and green-blue and a built-in sharpener to get real fine uh, emotional expression. And, and boys and men are really maybe given two, three emotions. You can be happy, you can be angry, right? and, it, and, and the rest of it we're, we're taught to keep quiet. So to, so to get back to your initial question, when, when there's um, you know, a man in our life who we love and who we care about and we see maybe self-medicating or being more angry or more sullen uh, than, than usual, we want to approach them you know, lovingly and, and, and compassionately to um, to connect with them, just to let them know we we see a change, and that we're concerned about them, and also recognize they might not be um, ready or willing or ready or able to to talk about it in in the way that we would ideally like to talk about that. So it may take several attempts to do so, but we really want to um, make the be persistent in making the connection 
uh, with compassion. Well, it's interesting you used the analogy of a box of crayons, and sometimes men feel that by talking to somebody that that's failing of their masculinity or it's emotional weakness of some sort. So how do you treat men so that they don't feel that that's that talking about their feelings and their angers and their anxiety is somehow a weakness. That, that's a great question, too. You know, um, well, the good, the good thing about this is most of the time when I have a man in my office, he's, he's in my office. So I can explain uh, what, I, what I'm going to do and, and how I'm going to do it. And what's very helpful about being a cognitive behavioral therapist um, and doing cognitive behavioral therapy with a man is that it's it's rational it's 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 logical the kind of work that i can that i do i explain to them how the depression is manifesting and i explain what they're doing without realizing it to um to exacerbate the depression and then i teach them techniques that have an, an empirical basis to them to uh to to be able to modify their thoughts to be able to modify the behaviors to reduce the depression so, so men tend to respond very well to cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, um, because it has this uh, clear-cut approach that, that, that connects well with the, the typical male mind. So it can, al- it can often bring a, a swifter sense of relief, as it were, yes? Or even if the male was skeptical to begin with? Yes, because I think for most men, for, maybe for most people who are not therapists or haven't been in therapy, you know, there is, there is a mystique about it, you know, and oftentimes if people have gone to therapy, you sit in the therapist chair, you, know, you don't even really know what you're supposed to be talking about. And, and, there's, and there's like um, a skepticism, how is just talking about it going to get me better? What's very good about CBT is up front we explain the role of your, your thinking in impacting your behavior and impacting your feeling. And we demonstrate how this process works. And I can really start to show you, even in the first session, uh, give you a little example of, of how this thing works. And then a man can say, or anyone can say, oh, hey, that makes sense to me. I can do this, right? And I can give you an approximation of how long it'll take. And there'll be a beginning, a middle, and an, and an end. It's not this ongoing process where I'm going to ask about your early or stay, uh, stay deep in your early childhood because um, a lot of times people can't make the connection to early childhood to, to, to today. So it's a more present-focused uh, therapy, a more solution-focused therapy. And again, men tend to respond well to that level of uh, concreteness. And what about lifestyle changes, Dr. Lick here, to treat the depression and anxiety in men? What do you recommend that they do in terms of exercise and diet to really help with that cognitive behavioral therapy? Yes, yeah, so you want to have this all well-rounded. So, so everyone who comes to me for almost anything, I'm assessing their exercise level. I'm, I'm assessing their sleep. I'm assessing um, their diet. I'm wondering if their meditation or uh, religious practice is involved at all. You, you want someone taking care of themselves because there is a strong relationship between all these aspects of health and mental health. And interesting enough, what, what we find you know, with all the fancy treatments we have for depression, the first thing we want to get people doing is physical exercise, and we get a lot of bang for our buck um, when we get people moving who are, um, who are depressed, get them exercising, get them socializing, get them accomplishing things, 
uh, things that will give them a sense of pleasure, mastery, purpose in, in their life, changing those behaviors to ones that are just general good health practices tend to have a tremendous impact on one's mental health. So in terms of social support and getting the family involved with that man while he goes through this type of therapy, what do you recommend to the family to help a male relative or a loved one with their depression and anxiety? Yeah, it's, that's crucial. You know, and you want to get whoever's close enough to the person to do what I was saying before is really be persistent in approaching them with compassion. And the, a real takeaway that the listeners can, can get from this today is one of the key aspects of treatment of depression is to understand the importance of people doing things that will likely give them a sense of pleasure. Now, when you're feeling depressed, you're not going to feel like doing these things. Like, say you used to love to, I don't know, run, you know, go, go jogging, or if you love to play football, or if you're, um, you love to take your car for a ride, but now you're feeling depressed and you don't feel like doing these things. One of the key things I tell to anyone who comes to therapy or someone who's supporting someone who is struggling with depression is to encourage them to do the things that they used to like to do even when they don't feel like doing it and watch what happens. How fascinating. And what, what an interesting topic that we've got going here today. Dr. Lickier, in just the last few minutes, give your best advice for men suffering from anxiety and depression, how cognitive behavioral therapy and other lifestyle interventions can help them, and why they should come to Summit Medical Group for their care. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, um, when, you, when you're not feeling well, uh, you, you tend to do things that tend to get you feeling worse. And I think men in general nowadays, uh, while there still is the stigma uh, with counseling, where there still is this cultural norm of, of rugged individualism and the sense that I can do this on my own, you know, we still have, uh, in, um, in spite of this, we are seeing, say, more men uh, doing yoga, more men in the kitchen, more men involved in, in child care, stay-at-home dads, and so on. So we, we are getting more uh, flexible with, with, our, with our gender norms. So we, so we want to take a look. We don't want to get rid of gender norms because... Um, I don't know, it's, it's part, of, part of our society as well, but we, we, but we do want to take a look at how these rigid conceptualizations of what we should be doing um, can be harming us. And we want to, you know, that's, that's the box, so to speak, people talk. And we want to start to, you know, poke the box. We want to start to go outside that box a, a little bit and, and start to take on these healthy lifestyle changes that will um, mo- most likely getting, get us feeling better. And at, at some medical group, I'm, I'm proud to say we, we have some great practitioners, uh, you know, board certified in cognitive behavioral therapy. You, you'll get some good care for some good specialists here who, who know what we're doing and have a good track record of, of, of helping men and women with uh, depression and anxiety. Thank you so much for being with us. You're so well-spoken, and I applaud all the great work that you do. You're listening to SMG Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.